Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. We try and bring you tips and ideas and hopefully some mindset concepts that'll help you enjoy the game more and perhaps improve some and you're out there on the pickleball court. In this week, we're going to talk a little bit about formulaic or robotic playing and also in the riff, we're going to talk a little bit, give you some indicators to help you understand when your game is on track and off track. Let's get into it. You'd like to help your friend or family member learn how to play pickleball. But how? Now it's easy. Pick up a copy of Play Pickleball, A Beginner's Guide. It's the most complete guide to playing pickleball. Available as a digital download or in hard copy at intopickle.com or at Amazon. Let's keep growing the sport. Let's address first formulaic pickleball. What am I talking about here with formulaic pickleball? What I'm talking about here is players trying to basically have almost like a script when they go out there before they start playing to say, okay, these are, I'm going to hit the ball, uh, you know, cross court first, then to the middle, then cross court, then I'm going to lob it. And that's going to be the winner. Uh, That's going to be the winning formula. You know, it's, it's there, there certainly you want, when you go out there, there are certain tendencies you have, there's certain uh, shots or skills that you're better at. uh, And then certain shots and skills that maybe you're not as good at. And uh, so there's certain concepts that you're going to go out there playing with, but this idea that you're going to go out there and play, or there's going to be a set sort of shot sequence that you're going to uh, hit in order to be successful, I think can lead to uh, frustration. And I'm pretty confident it's not going to lead to successful uh, pickleball in the long run. There are exceptions to playing formulaically or playing with a formula. Examples are, you know, when you're first getting started or you're working on other things, you know, having an idea of where you're going to hit your serve, where you're going to hit your return or serve, your target for your third shot, that's all fine. And, and part of the reason that's fine is because if you think about the game in terms of variables, the number of variables are less at that point in the, of the game or that stage of the, of the rally. For instance, take the serve. In the serve, really the only variable is wind, uh, should be the only variable outside your control. Otherwise, it's, you know, how you either toss or drop the serve uh, and then you control how you hit it. And the box that you're hitting into is a fixed box. It's not moving around. So that's the variables are as controlled as possible there. You return a serve, again, fairly controlled. I mean, you can't control the serve coming your way. Uh, but in terms of where you stand before the serve gets hit with the wind and things like that, you have control over that. And the opponents are, you know that your opponents are going to be back or should be back. Uh, they can't hit the ball in the air in any event. So you can hit the ball deep and high and, and there's nothing the serve team can do about that. So, so the variables are more controlled there. Third shot, it gets a little more complicated because it depends on the type of return that gets hit. Uh, it depends on on where it's hit, on you know your movement to the ball and things like that. It also depends on where the uh, returner is at the the player who returned the ball is at the time you hit your ball. But there, you, if you hit towards the returner that every time, uh, you basically have what we call a net positive play. I'm not going to delve into that today. I'll delve into that in another podcast. But basically, you have a play that's either neutral or positive. So that's a good thing. And then once you get to the four shot, there's some principles you want to apply, keep them back and things like that, not pressing. But I can't tell you where you can't tell yourself the exact shot you need to hit before you're in the situation because the, now the variables are greater. What kind of where are you? What kind of shot was hit towards you? Where are they? Uh, both of them, you know, or was one up, one back, or both up, or both back. There's a number of variables that come in, you know, how's the wind, things like that. So there's a number of variables that come into play 
in terms of what type of shot you can with your four shot. And then it just gets progressively uh, more complex. Uh, you know, they've pulled you wide. Your partner didn't slide over to the middle. Where are you going to hit this ball? I mean, there's just a number of variables. So what I'm trying to, I guess what I'm trying to suggest is once you get into the meat of the matter, into the, into the bulk of the game, trying to play the game by formula uh, is, is just not a productive way of playing. Again, you can have general principles. You can know that if I'm pulled wide, this is the kind of shot I'm going to try and hit. Uh, you, you, you know, if you understand time uh, concepts, for instance, lobbying against the lob uh, to gain time, those things are fine. But this idea that I'm going to hit the ball, uh, you know, I remember a year or so ago, or people kept on asking me, like, how do you set up an Ernie? Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know what to tell them. I know that the shot you're looking for is a, is a shot that you can reach from the, from the sideline, right? So you're looking either for a straight dink, uh, or for some sort of floater that you can you can have time to hit and get all the way over to the sideline, you know, through the air. Very difficult. Uh, but, you know, this idea that I'm going to hit two balls here and then go to the Ernie just doesn't make any sense uh, because, you know, that that's just not going to be effective. So the um, this idea that, again, you can play the game in a formula setting and, and remember all these different formulas about I'm going to go, you know, cross court to the this spot and then over here. And then over there and then win the rally uh you know better it's better to have an understanding of okay let me look at across the net let me find out what uh let me look at and and threat assess the, my opponents you know which side's stronger which side's weaker uh you know where do i want to hit the ball to have maximum effect uh, and then based on on the type of ball that's hit to you you can then decide the type of shot you're going to hit back to your opponents or hit towards your opponents and hopefully have a good chance for success. So point of all this is in some situations, some general parameters, having those understandings is good. Going into pickleball with a set of exact plays, you know, again, I'm going to hit, you know, three times over here and one time over there. That's the kind of thought process that can become uh, frustrating and over. it can become overwhelming because you're trying to remember a bunch of different uh, set plays. And also can become frustrating when the set plays aren't working. And if you don't have an understanding of the underlying concepts and fundamentals, uh, then you won't have a response for when the set plays aren't working. So hopefully that helps uh, if you're trying to follow a formulaic approach. Other than some very basic things, uh, try not to do that. Try to focus your time on understanding fundamentals and the concepts of the game. And you'll ha A, have more fun and B, be able to uh, generate your strategies while you're playing and be as effective as possible. If you want to learn about some indicators that you can use to while you're playing to determine how your shots are, or, you know, whether they're working or not working or what you're doing, stay tuned for the riff. You've studied the pickleball videos, maybe read a pickleball book, taken a lesson or two, but there's just something missing, something to complete the whole picture. That's where VI Pickleball comes in. VI Pickleball is the most immersive pickleball learning community available today. You can check out more information at wearepickleball.com. See you in the community. All right, let's talk a little bit about self-correction. And the key to self-correction when you're playing pickleball or being able to make adjustments on the fly when you play pickleball are to have certain indicators, certain cues that you're looking for. Uh, you know, there are mechanical cues that you can use to make sure that your stroke mechanics are correct. Those mechanical cues you can gain from uh, mirror drills uh, that we have. We have a lot of mirror drills or indoor drills at VI Pickleball that you can use to to um, 
to basically you know correct from mechanical cues they're what your visual cues they're what you're looking for is you're looking for wrist bending elbow bending things like that you can also use uh, your camera on your phone to video yourself while you're playing and look for for cues there um, am i pulling the paddle back on a big backswing and things like that so those are those are visual cues about uh, mechanical um, issues that you may have with your game the other thing that you can do is you can look at results cues or results indicators an example of results indicator is you've hit a dink and it landed in the net. If the dink, if your shot never arced above the net, and by the arc I mean obviously the the shape of the of the ball during its trajectory. So if you had if it had an arc like the you know the golden arches of McDonald's say, if it went along an arc so it elevated above the net and then dropped short into the net, that tells you that you probably didn't have enough uh, enough push on the ball with one exception that I'll mention in a second, but with it, you didn't have enough push on the ball. If the ball, however, never arced over the net. So it never, it never exceeded the height of the net at any point in its trajectory. What that tells you is your paddle angle was too closed or too perpendicular to the uh, court. And in that case, the ball has no chance of clearing the net. In that case, the ball is simply, you know, there's almost impossible for it to clear the net. It is impossible for it to clear the net. Didn't have enough lift. So there what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're hitting the ball out in front a little more so your paddle angle is a little more open. Um, two, two things that could be happening there. One is backswing. Second is bending the wrist backwards, uh, flexing the wrist backwards. So that, But the indicator there you're looking for is ball never cleared net in, in terms of never got higher than the net. No chance of it going over. If the ball's going too high, not too deep, but too high, meaning the ball's going, say, like 90 degrees or close to 90 degrees to the court, that could be an indicator that you're bending, you're, you're flexing your wrist or your elbow and basically causing the, ball, the ball's angle to be too, uh, too high, too, too straight up. can't remember if acute's the right term for that, but uh, too, too high of an angle. And so basically, uh, that's an indicator that you are probably flexing your wrist or your elbow. Um, usually it's that. Usually it's not that you're hitting the ball too high, but those are the indicators there you're looking for. So you're trying to find that middle ground between that really high ball that's going shooting straight up in the air and the ball that doesn't have a chance of clearing the net. And then what you're going to do is you're going to adjust your stroke so that you get that nice little, uh, you hit the ball in that nice little middle area uh, where it's high enough to clear the net but not so high that it doesn't have a chance of getting up to the net. So, you know, those are some indicators you can use. And the key is, you know, when you're playing out there is to have those indicators in the back of your mind so that you can self-correct as you're playing and you can notice, okay, my ball hit the net on a, on a line drive. That means I need more lift. Uh, if the ball goes straight up, uh, then maybe I need to keep my arm a little straighter as I'm contacting the ball. So hopefully those indicators will help you uh, as you play, make corrections and improve your game. So that's it for this week's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, share it with your friends. Remember, if you liked it, they probably will too. Stay well out there.